the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. This is a very special edition of the Six Pointer Podcast you are listening to because it is our 100th edition, uh, a real landmark achievement for the pod. Uh, and we're going to celebrate it tonight in a slightly different way. There's going to be three parts to, to this pod. First part is going to be myself, Matthew, and my brother, Luke. We're going to be talking about the start of the pod that Luke and uh, Richard kicked off, uh, what, a couple of years ago now, and the journey the pod's been on to get to uh, 100 podcast recordings. Um, in part two, we'll be joined by uh, Anders and Jan, our friends over in Denmark, to talk about all things SPR. Uh, and then in part three, we'll be joined by Kevin, uh, our more recent uh, member of the pod, to talk about, well, more recent times on the pod and um, all things Palace. So to kick us off, Luke, thanks for joining me for what is a very, very special edition. How have we made 100 podcasts? <laughs> I think probably the lockdowns helped, doesn't it? And the fact, and the fact that we've uh, yeah had little else to do but uh, record podcasts. But no, um, yeah, it's been good fun, isn't it? It's like, it's something nice to do on... Um, and even not uh, blow off a bit of steam, talk about the Palace games. Uh, we've come a long way from sitting in your car to doing it all via Zoom now. So, yeah, 100, 100 pods is a, a great achievement. And, uh, yeah, here's to 100 more, eh? I mean, you mentioned recording pods in my car. And I, I, when I think of that, I always think of uh, freezing cold January night games. Um, but actually, it started, what, mainly uh, with you and Richard recording it in pubs and uh, when you guys would sort of meet up uh, for, for a drink, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was just something that we just um, well we both enjoy listening to podcasts and the fact that I went to games and he had interest in football as well. Thought that well, why not? Let's just uh, give it a go. It was just a bit of fun. We didn't actually expect anyone to start listening, but it, it's quite nice. Obviously, now that we've got a few people listening, obviously, um, shout out to, to our listeners uh, all around the world. We've got uh, people in Australia, and UK, and Denmark, and China, India. So my my analytics tell me so. Uh, yeah, it just started off just a bit of a laugh, really, and then uh, just grew from there. And obviously, Richard brought the, the Liverpool perspective to the pod. And at that point, they were doing really well, weren't they? Um, and I, mean, I remember joining you guys for a pod when we talked about, you know, what was it Liverpool were focused on? Was it the Champions League? Was it the league? And then very soon after that, I think they, they won the Champions League, didn't they? Um, mm. So a real good time for him as a Liverpool fan, but also from, from your perspective as a Palace fan, to have Palace in the Premier League and be talking about you know, discussions that probably sort of a matter of years before could never have dreamed of having, right? I remember joining uh, you and Richard actually for pod in London Bridge, which I think may have been one of the first ones I did with you guys. Um, and we were talking about some of the fortunes that both Liverpool and Palace were having that time. And then um, as is a bit of a theme on this pod, it then uh, resulted into uh, a few beers, a few more beers. Uh, Pizza Express was thrown in as well, actually, for that one. <laughs> it was, um, right? But, but, you know, there was always a, always a social element to it. And I think, that, as, as you kind of alluded to, you know, it, it started, and I still like to think it is, you know, just about, you know, friends having a chat. Um, it's really nice that we get interactivity and questions uh, from people who listen and, and some really nice feedback as well. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who does engage on the podcast, um, who asks us questions, who gives us feedback, you know, things we don't do so well as well as we things we do well. But people are, are so positive and, and, and thank you. We really, really do appreciate it. And, um, you know, you've all become part of the, of the podcast now, the podcast family. 
Yeah, and then certainly something that we want to do more when, when we're allowed to get back to normal life. And some of the comments we've had on the pod is that when we're doing them in pubs and, you know, at games and, and especially where there's beer involved, uh, people quite often enjoy listening to it with a beer themselves. So it's like they're, like they're joining in with us. So, uh, yeah, when we can get back to some sort of normality, let's, um, let's do a few more uh, uh, live pods out and about, I think. Absolutely. And we've been joined recent in recent times also by guests, haven't we, from uh, opposition teams as well, which is which is really good to hear and, and something we want to do definitely uh, more of in the in the months to, to come as we do hopefully get back to, to more of a normality. Uh, just just touch it also. I mean, what it was 2019 that you guys started the pod off. I think it was start in, in the 2018 start 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Around that sort of time. And, and, you know, as you, you touched already, who would have thought we'd be in this position here? And it's you know, something of a, of a tonic for everyone involved, for us doing it and for those listening to it, to be able to just sort of have a chat about football. And, you know, we try to stay positive and, and uh, appropriate to, to, the, to the time and, and put context into things. But it's sometimes difficult to report, report podcasts on the back of results, isn't it? Um, are there any <laughs> that sort of come to mind for you there? Well, I remember the seven nil one at Liverpool uh, this season. Um, I think uh, you you bailed out and said, "No, I'm not doing that one." So uh, me and Kev just went ahead and, and smashed it out in about ten minutes. But no, yeah, look, obviously the, the ones that stand out are, are, are the ones that we've done on the road, like you said, the one that we did London Bridge with with, with Rich. Uh, I've done ones with with Ian Ian as well at Palace games you know, in the pub afterwards. Obviously the da- Danish ones. You know, we did we did the one. Um, but you can probably hardly hear us now. If you, if you, that's what that sort of strikes me as well. If you listen back to the quality of the pods, obviously I was using some very cheap microphones, six pound off eBay, and uh, we've upgraded our uh, materials since then, obviously. But um, now yeah, I think we're eBay. exactly. Yeah, seven fifty. Have you But things like recording not on the train, we were hungover going up to Hernin, and uh, yeah, with, with the Danish boys as well. Yeah, great memories, and, and nice to be able to capture them and, and listen back as well. Which has been really nice. Yeah, that is important, yeah. Uh, just a correction on your point. I didn't get to watch much of the Liverpool game because I was attending a five-year-old's birthday party on Zoom. But, uh, but yeah, I, always an excuse. Always an excuse. You, yeah, yeah. you can say I bailed out for that one. It was definitely a good one to bail out of. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, meant, you mentioned some of the, the sort of the, the trips we've had and uh, taking the pod on tour. And, and let's not forget also that the podcast has been featured in, in, in the press uh, over in Denmark as well. I've had quite a few articles. You've been interviewed a couple of times as well. Um, and mm-hmm. what's been really nice is the way that, you know, when we have taken uh, this over to Denmark and our friends uh, SBA have, have really welcomed us and, and brought us in. And we've had some fantastic, you know, opportunities to, to go into some of the hospitality, meet some of the players. I think you've been able to the, and, and, and I think you, you, were, you even sort of were, were friendly with the captain, Marcus, uh, at one time as well, which is, which is great. And it, it's a really nice thing about doing something like this that, you know, people are very um, warm and open and, and to it. Um, and we look forward to obviously more trips over to Denmark as well in, in the months to come. I'm not going to touch too much on the, on the um, Danish side of things because I know you're going to do that in part two with, with Anders and, and, and Jan shortly. But but just, just looking forward, Luke, what, what do the next sort of 100 pods look like? Where, where will we be in 100 pods time, do you think? Oh, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, obviously having the lockdown and, and uh, watching more games on TV has given us the ability to do more podcasts. So it may be that they're not as regular once we get back to some sort of normality, but... You know, certainly, like you say, getting more opposition fans involved, and, and thank you to the ones that already have have listened in and and um, and joined us as well. It's always nice to get a different perspective. You mentioned there the Danish boys; obviously, they've been really accommodating. With we've gone, I mean, everyone's going coming back to Denmark has been really accommodating. And thank you to all, all those who have helped us reach this Denmark as well. 
yeah, more live pods, better equipment, uh, better listening experience and uh, more interaction with, with, with our listeners as well. And uh, like you already said, Rob, you know, we do really appreciate the, the comments and questions and DMs that, that, we, that we get in. Please do keep them coming because uh, it's nice to be able to interact with people, isn't it? You know, in a way, I like to feel them, that makes it uh, that they're part of it as well, really. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, and don't forget, listeners, if you do have ideas and thoughts about things we could and should be doing, about how you'd like to get involved as well more in the future, please, please do get in touch. And we, we look forward to celebrating uh, another 100 pods uh, with everyone on the Six Pointer podcast. Luke, thanks very much. We're going to leave it there for part one. Part two, we're going to hand over to yourself, uh, Anders and Jan, for uh, no doubt a beer uh, fueled uh, chat about all things SPR. <laughs> um, so keep it tuned for uh, part two and we'll catch you back on the pod soon. Obviously, lovely to see you and uh, it's been, what was it, November? I think the last time we chatted. Lovely to see you. I have these two because yeah, again I from we, Denmark. We... Uh, <laughs> the, the only one that I could find, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I know the drill. You... <laughs> I couldn't get the people I want, so it to be uh, Jan and Anas. The backups always come through, the, the reliable to it here. So let's uh, talk about yesterday's game, which probably won't take very long. And then we can uh, talk talk about the sort of the questions that we got in as well. So this, this touch on then yesterday's game, because as I said, it, um, it might not take too long to, to analyse it, as it were, because there was only probably, what, uh, two or three chances from Esfia's point of view, weren't there? They strunk had a chance early on, and then obviously the, the goal was later on, and the only threat really that came from Holborough was that their game plan was to get as many corners as they can and then not beat the first man with the ball, um, which was an interesting <laughs> approach to the game. But Anna's... Give me, give me um, your 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 download on the game yesterday. How did you find it? Um, obviously, a, a good victory in the end. Yeah, good victory, and and uh, again, it was uh, Matthias Christensen who saved us. Uh, he was um, getting in and getting uh, how how long did he get on the field? Twenty minutes or something? Yeah, 50, 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and he 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 made it, and um, yeah, that's that was one of the positive things. Uh, there, there wasn't many because. Um, I was lying on the couch watching the game, and it was a it was a it was a very long uh, what do you call it experience. Yeah, we um, the second half was a bit better than the first half, but but not that good either. Um, so yeah, it's not a it's not a match to remember. <laughs> no, it, it was certainly wasn't one for the for the neutrals to watch. Uh, yeah, and I guess um, there was a, a bit of urgency as well, which kicked in in the last ten minutes, where Spear really really sort of um, start to press a bit forward and. I'll get, I want to get your thoughts on, on Nicholas Strunk because he came in on loan, obviously, earlier in the season. And I've been quite impressed at how he's grown as a player. I think, he, think he's, he's, he's been one of the shining lights of the season, wouldn't you say? Maybe that's uh, a bit too much to, to, to a, a bit too much credit to give him. But, but uh, okay. I'm positive overall, as, uh, as you are, Luke. Um, but then again, Strunk, Strunk is also somehow... A, an image on, of, of, of the problems Espia are having this season because um, how are Espia going to play offensive football? Where is Strunk, where is Niklas Strunk is, uh, doing the best uh, efforts for the team? Is it on the central midfield? Is it on the right side? Is it, is it, is it on the, the right back? And you, you could say that it's an image of the problems Oliver Christensen is having on the problems about how are we going to play offensive football? P- 
because I think he knows how he wants to defend uh, the, the defense to 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 be in the games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe they're experimenting with a, a bit higher pressure. Uh, I, I, I've noticed, but but um, yeah, not not that uh, consequent. Um, so uh, and and it would have to be. But yeah, strong. I would love to see him. I would love to see him on on a, on a three-man midfield um, next to Kauko with the Lesha or Beckor behind as a, mm-hmm. as a sixer. And uh, at the at the moment, um, Olafur has has only played. Um, he played with the uh, with two central midfielders um, when we played four-four-two the, the the last couple of games before. Uh, uh, Finn Bogerson got injured, and uh, then we played uh, this uh, four four three 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 or what are we gonna call it four five one? I'm I'm not yeah. sure exactly, but where where you have two defensive midfielders, where Lesia and the big guy is playing on the on the on the both on the sixth position, and and then with the uh, Yoni uh, in front of them, and that's where I say, okay, I would love to see the creativity. That I think Strong is bringing to the game, I would love to see it on the midfield next to Unicauco, and yeah. with a six with a sixer behind them, and then uh, it 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 would make room for a, a more offensive uh, wing uh, that could be Matthias Christensen from 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 the start of the game uh, on the, on the on one side, and yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if if Puri is, is injured, but then Jakob Angersen is probably ready to, to play the next game. But why would I love to see that? Yeah, because I, I think that could that could give us uh, the the in, in it, initiative in the games that I think we lack and um, the ball possession that I would also love to see us having. Yeah. He's doing a fair job on the right side. He's doing a fair job as a right back. Actually, I, I've, I've, I've seen the, the... Is it Koning he's, he's uh, on loan yeah. from? I seen the seen the Groning fans talking about he's coming back. Uh, if he's coming back, he, he, he they see him as a right back. Uh, I don't okay. I don't hope uh, hope that that's his uh, position in Espia because we have Anjenbe and we have uh, Jonas Mortensen as well. So yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, for me, it, it's definitely in midfield because he has those moments where he has. Uh... It's almost a little bit of flair, isn't it? Those flashes of brilliance where here he do something to beat his man or get away from his man and then make a sideways pass and create a bit of room, which which I think is obviously important, you know, in, in, in the first division to have those players that can make that difference in those little moments. Is obviously then the matter is 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 creating a, a chance off, off off the back of it, obviously, which is what really matters. It's all well and good having those moments if you don't create anything from them. But yeah, it, it's been a bit of a streaky off after the, the winter break. When we went into it, was it eight games in a in a row? I think, I they, think it they was won nine nine games in a row. But yeah, nine games in a row, something like that. And and then it's yeah. been back to draw, lose, win, lose, win. Sort of, mm. it's that consistency that hasn't been there that that Silkeborg have got, and that's why obviously you know I think they've won six in a row at the moment. That's why they've gone straight up, um, and and taken the second position, isn't it? But what do you think? Because this makes me wonder. Many of the games they won in the in the autumn. They were close games. They could have gone to both sides, and but the the winning streak made made us made us not talk that harsh about the team's performance as, as mm-hmm. we might should have. We, we yeah. mentioned in the last podcast, didn't we, around the sort of some of the fans weren't happy with the style of play and and the way yeah. that they were sort of getting victories, even though the club was sitting in the second position. It was there was almost that little bit of not discontent, but you know, sort of 
thinking, you know, this isn't the best football to be watching. No. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it it wasn't. And uh, I I talked to to many of the players as well, and um, I, I talked to, to to yeah. I'm I'm not gonna name drop, uh, but okay. one of the players said, uh, yeah. I would love to play like uh, offensive football, like we did on the Gen Lamas, but but we also have to realize what's that that this is bringing the points we need. Okay, it was in the in the autumn, but it isn't now. So is it is it too late to start thinking in a different way? I'm I I don't, I don't know. And you see Olafur changing from four four two to four five one four 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 three three. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I think there there are signs of there are signs in in in, in the team that that makes us a bit anxious about the the, the relegation chances at the moment. Well, regardless of the, of the formation, I think there's a very clear promotion chances. Is, is not no, relegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah not I, relegation. I know, no, not for the second division. <laughs> or, or no, no. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I think I think regardless of of the um, the formation, there's there's been. Especially, you can see it in the early parts of the game, in the first 20 minutes, half an hour of the game. There's a very uh, clear sort of methodology to, to the way that they want to play. So they want to pass it from the back, and then you know to the central mid, to, to the defensive midfielders, and get it back and try to create some room. So there's a very sort of methodical way to, that they obviously want to play football. I think, and and sometimes you know, I'm not saying this is the case here, but sometimes you know it can be a bit stifling that you have to go through that process all the time. Um, when you're not being as offensive as you want to be, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's and it's too slow. I think they like the the pass uh, that goes between the lines, uh, up in the up in the in, and the runs. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things lacking. That the the ability to to create chances, it seems that that we are struggling a bit more than our opponents to create chances. Uh, can, yeah. can I just ask, just because I was looking at the team sheet, and obviously Clinton Antwi, he, he's he's been on the bench the last couple of games. What what happened there? Was it was he injured or suspended for a couple of games and couldn't get back into the team? I, I have I haven't heard he's he, he's been struggling with injuries, but I but I I haven't talked to Olaf as well. So, okay. but but the situation is they they bought Casper uh, Pilsen in in uh, OB. So that's a big name, and um, we we have a uh, convoy Austin, and now Casper Pedersen. That's three man for for the central defensive places. Mm-hmm. So if if they want Casper to play, uh, and he's here a couple of years f- from now on, yeah, then they have to sacrifice Rudy or or convoy, and um, it looks like. Uh, it's look like it looks like Convoy is uh, is is the, is the is the guy who's losing the place in in the central defense, and then it's up to Oliver to choose whether Convoy or Clinton is 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 the man for the for the left back. I can understand why they did it against Vibor because Vibor is a team that creates a lot of chances on 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 the dead balls um, situations. So, and and Convoy is obviously way stronger. In the def- a way stronger defensive header than Clinton is, mm-hmm. so that made, made a lot of sense. But yeah, I would love to see Clinton back because I actually think he he's uh, one of the the pieces in in our offensive game that uh, that we lack at uh, this moment. Casper yeah. Pedersen is he on loan or is he No, they 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 uh, they signed him. they signed okay, him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, because because we were speaking last time, I think, and I was saying that Clinton Anthony, although it was very early days, he would have probably been my star of the season so far in the way that he's been able <laughs> yeah. to to push forward and 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 create that impetus. And and as you, do you think we've missed that that sort of attacking intent down the left there? Yeah, a bit. I remember we talked about it, and I remember that we we talked about that if we could keep him, we would like to. And but I don't know actually. Um, yeah, because Conboy, he has a good left foot as well. He can he can make the good crosses as well. Yeah, but he hasn't got the speed in his legs that Clinton has. Clinton, how is how old how old is Clinton? He's only twenty or twenty two or something. Twenty one, yeah. Twenty one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's a young man uh, against uh, Conboy. <laughs> Conboy, he's uh, all, almost thirty three or thirty four or something. Yeah, he's from, yeah. He, he's he's from the uh, eighty seven generation. So yeah, he's uh, thirty three. That's a great year, mate. Same year Osborne, nineteen eighty-seven. Oh Jesus, you're you're that young. <laughs> <laughs> I am, yeah. But me, me and Kevin Conboy the same age. I'll be thirty-four this year. So, that's, so that's, what, uh, what are you t- saying, Luke? He's he's not a not too old at all. Oh, not at all, mate. Yeah, I I I, I, I reckon I could still do a job at, at thirty-three years old. But, um, he's, he's, no, he's, not, al- he's almost ten years younger than Jan. Oh, uh, uh, I think there's something wrong with the sound at this moment. I can't hear, guys. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's it's. It's Anna's new headphones, unfortunately, is uh, yeah. causing some distortion on the line. But uh, we're brushed. So, but but Anna, you, you didn't really answer Luke's uh, question. So, would you like to see Andrew or Conboy? And then you just say Andrew's twenty-one, Conboy's thirty. No, 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 no. That's I, not I, an answer. <laughs> I like Envy, and I would like to see him there. And I think he's the man yeah. of the future because Conboy is Conboy is not playing five years more. I know. <laughs> so, but um, but tell you what, though. We, we actually spoke about um, Antwi there, and I actually got a question in. So this is a, probably a good point to, uh, to to mention one of the questions we've got in from our listeners. And also, thank you very much for everyone who got in touch. And this one's from uh, Kieran Herbert, and he mentions, what happens to the lone players, Antwi and Strunk? Is there any possibility of them both becoming permanent transfers? Yeah, and from, from what you've heard... Were they just loan deals and, and they're going to go back to their respective clubs or is there any chance for, for them to be permanent, do you think? And how long do we have them? Yeah, uh, until until summer, the, the, the end of the season. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure, but I think Antwi has a, his his contract is also expiring in uh, Norseland. So yeah. I think he's a free agent at the end of the, the season. But that's also why, uh, yeah. So, so he should be available for us, uh, and he's also a, a player that fits the the style of play that the, the new owners uh, would love to see. Not only the style of play, but also uh, the 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 way the new owners would love to see a young team, uh, a young team with players who's maybe who who maybe it isn't the best uh, technical football players, but players who can run all day. I think Antwi fits the the meta yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. They have a very useful speed. So, yeah, but if it all de- it all depends, I think, on whether Esper are going up or uh, staying in the first division. Uh, neither stronger or Antwi are staying here. I think if if we are go- if we are not moving up, I'm not even sure that they're staying anyways because they were both. Um, brought here before the new owners came and uh, yeah. I guess from what I've seen in the Ostende in Belgium that the new owners are going to send players here from some of the other clubs yeah 
if if you look at the trends first uh, Ostende has made, um, it's been loan players from Barnsley, and mm. um, and also players. Uh, one of the, the players he, he played in in Nancy, uh, a, a, another club that the, that the new owners are, have achieved. So uh, yeah, um, it's a new it's a new EFB, and um, it's it's very hard to tell what it will mean for the future at this moment uh, and and for the for the for the squad we have today how will it develop under the new owners uh, that's uh, hard to say because we don't know them that well yet well this is, this is what I was going to say because obviously they were, they were last time we spoke there was the rumors about the owners and then yeah. I think in early February the deal was confirmed I think yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the investment. Uh, we did have a question in from uh, Frederick Munson actually, and he mentioned, you know, would the new owners, investors, be content with not going up this year so they can build their team up from the ground rather than making eight transfers or so in order to stay up next summer, in, in the summer? Now, and as obviously Espia, well, like every every club, I guess, would, would love to see their own players coming through their own academy, and we've had this sort of Thing another this sort of brings in another uh, question that we had in around sort of um, from Nikolai Anderson around Matt Larson the fact that he had to start the season and the end of last season he was he was coming through and he's had his opportunities limited somewhat um, this season hasn't he? Actually, yeah. As Jan said just in the the, the question before, we, we don't know the, the the new owners that good, so I, I'm I'm not sure what. Yeah, they have said that they wanted a young team and they would like to uh, have their own talents and stuff. So yeah, maybe they will let the, the young people have their, um, yeah, have the chance. And so they could, it depends also if we are going up or, or staying in the first division, because if we're staying in the first division, we will have the time and the, the opportunity to, to let the, the local young players have the time. But, but if we go up in the Super League, we don't, yeah, maybe we don't have to, when we right. was, when we was in the first division for some years ago, we saw that, we had the time and the opportunity to let the, the players shine, you know, Jonas Knudsen and the young players at that time. If we hadn't get in the first division uh, there and we were staying in the Superliga, I don't think they would have that much time on the on the pitch and, and maybe they wasn't um, so good on having those big chances that they had. So it's the same here, I think. Um, I hope they will get the chances, but if we're getting in the Superliga this time, uh, I think it will be much more difficult because I don't think... We have as a good team that we have that time, so maybe, yeah, Jesus, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it is, and uh, I, th- I think the question is is quite good as well because because it it should it it really it shouldn't be a question. Of course, you would like to go up, but yeah, uh, yeah of course. But 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 on the other side, on the other on the other side, you you have seen teams go up. Just to be relegated straight away because mm-hmm. they wasn't they weren't ready. So is this is SBA ready to go up at this moment? Can a new owner with new money can they make them ready in such a short time? Because at the moment we're struggling in the first division. Maybe maybe we're ending in sub two. And I'm we're we're not sure at this moment, but we're struggling finding our game and we're struggling. Finding our starting in eleven, uh, we're struggling in, in many ways. So, who are we to think that everything is good if we just go up in the Superliga once again? It isn't. It isn't because if we're going to the Superliga now and the new owners have to make us 
good to be there to stay there they have to mm-hmm. buy some new players or something yeah. and and they then they will move away from the thing by getting the the local young boys up if if they want to stick to that plan it would be better for us to to get another year in the first division but but of course everybody wants to see us in the superliga me too and that's also a a question about uh, the economy because if we're staying another year in the in the first division it will it will hurt a bit now we've got some more money from the new, new investors but it will still be a bad plan a bad situation um, if you're looking at the economy so but I, I i also understand the question in a way that yeah maybe the the new owners could see an idea in not going up because it would make it would give them time to to do what they want it would it, it could it could mean that they brought in a new coach. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that I think they should. It could be because they they have this um, exact uh, vision on how football is supposed to be played uh, in in a matter of uh, entertainment, but also in a matter of that SBR won't have the biggest budget. But as I said before, the, the new owner said, yeah, we can't buy the biggest talents, but we can buy great athletes that can run all day okay so it could be that first division is a better place building up a new place time a new style of play playing football with with young players i looked at the barnsley squad um the the, the average age in, in the squad is uh, 23.5 years it's it's a young squad and they're doing great yeah. in the championship they're doing very well doing really yeah. well at the moment and and look, I mean, if 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 Barnsley would like to send out some of their prospects next season uh, to to to, to to see how they're faring in in uh, Division One or Super League, I think that'd be very welcome. And yeah, and you mentioned the point there around. Um, but but look, may I just ask you? Do, don't you think? Don't you think that it would be difficult sending players from Barnsley to SBI first base in the first division? So then it would more likely be. Barnsley sending players to Ostende in Belgium or Nancy in France, and then maybe Ostende sending their players to SBR. So it would be a carousel in some way because, yeah, I'm not sure. It seems like a big, a big step going from from England to to the Danish first division. <laughs> but 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 then, yeah, no, I, I understand that. But also at the same point, I think it, it obviously it depends on the agreement of the loan and how much game time they're, they're sort of going to be guaranteed or offered, isn't it? So, I mean, the individual players would then therefore make that decision based on that. And they might feel that going to SBA, it might be that look, they're, they're sat down and they're saying, look, mm-hmm. for this season, we, we, we think you'll be better off. We want to keep it at Barnsley afterwards, but we don't, we think you might be better off. Here's your options. Where would you like to go? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe players might be given that option. And let's just hope that a few young talents are, are given the opportunity to come to SBA and we're able to see them. But you mentioned at the very start of your point there, Jan, around Oliver and, you know, maybe the owners would like to bring in their own man sometimes as they as, as new owners do or new investors do. Do you both think, and I'll, I'll ask you both on this, actually, I'll go to you first, Anders, do you think Oliver will be here next season if SBA don't be promoted? And this is a, a question from Mikhail Sorensen. I read the question and I've thought a lot about it. Again, I'm I'm not sure because because even if he he make us go to the to the Superliga, I don't know if he's the he's the man for their setup. I don't know actually how they want to play and if 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 they if they want to play like he's doing, uh, I think he will be here either we're playing in the first division in the Superliga, 
but of course, if 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 they want another setup, ooh. nah, nah, I don't think so. If if we're not going up, I think they will try something else, and they will. I think they will try another setup, not only on the on the on Olafur's uh, uh, place, but but a whole new setup in the in the in the club. So no, if we're not going up, I think. You what, are you, know, what are you thinking in the sports? Uh, I don't know actually. No, but. I think that a man like Jimmy Nail, maybe, yeah. And I, I actually, I, I, I know too little about our new owners to 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 say something sure. But but I think that mm-hmm. if we're going up, maybe they will get another chance or get. Yeah, I, I think that if we're not going up, if if we're still in, in the if if the plan is to go in the Superliga and we're not going there, I think they will try a new setup. But but maybe they will, as we talked about just before. Um, maybe they say that that. Being in the in the first division a year more will be good for uh, implement another setup. Then maybe mm. it will yeah I don't know, but if we're not going up and I think maybe they will try something new. Yeah, and you've okay. you've met or you've met or you've you've spoken to Oliver a couple of times. What what's may, been may your just, impression? Just, okay, sorry, Go Luke, on. but because I just okay I just got an idea when Anas was talking. Um, yeah, it was because I wasn't listening. Honestly. You're not listening. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, because but 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 what you said about a new a new a new manager, and I I started thinking, what about what what happened in bounce? What happened in the, in the other clubs? So I just went to transfer transfer market um, and, and looked yeah. at uh, who's who's managing Barnsley at this moment. So that's Valerian Ismail. That's a French guy, Valerian Ismail. Used to play and, for Crystal uh, Palace. Yeah, he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, he actually got appointed uh, last autumn, two days after my birthday on the on October the twenty fifth. So he must so have he, known. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 definitely that's that's a that's a that's a a new that's an owner that brings in a, a new manager. Um, so um, yeah, we could we could uh, we could look at uh, Ostende as well. Um, when did they bought? When did the board Barnsley? Yeah, that's a that's In, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's been at least yeah at least eighteen months or so, I think. So, but just just to make a point that they they changed manager in Barnsley while 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 owning the club. Uh, Ostende in Belgium, they have they have a they have a, a German coach. He was appointed on July the first last year. So uh, when the bands, when did the new owners take over Ostende? Uh, that that was in May. So they also appointed a new coach in Ostende mm-hmm. after taking over. Yeah. So, so we're seeing yeah. a trend here. Yeah, we're seeing a trend. I, I'm, uh, that's that's not a statistically. Uh, I, I I haven't checked on on Nancy yet, but we can do the same with Nancy and uh, Tune in Switzerland. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it it wouldn't be a big surprise if a new owner wants. their they're saying. In, in, in who's managing the club. Yeah, I, I guess also it, it's difficult for fans to get a feel for the new manager when they haven't been in, had the opportunity to be in the stadium and and watch the games as much. And, 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 and Jan as well, you know, you've had the opportunity to go to a few games, haven't you, throughout this season? But mm. obviously not, not, not recently. You know, Jan, no. how, what's the situation there, actually? For work purposes, are you, are you allowed to go to games again? Yeah, we are, yeah. Okay, yeah. and there so, haven't been spectators this year. Uh, there haven't been spectators since yeah last season. So no, well, it, it'll be nice for for anyone I think to be able to get the opportunity to go back in the stadium and and experience some football live because 
Yeah, we miss well, it. We, like like yeah, we miss everything else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but especially you know for, for the football, I think it was an opportunity for everyone to vent for, for, for sort of ninety minutes and uh, get all their frustrations out from the week, which um, you know yeah. is otherwise happening on Twitter or social media or Facebook, I guess sometimes. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> we miss it, but the players miss it as well. Yeah, I spoke to Jakob Angersen about it, and he said, "Yeah, actually, you think it's the same all over. Everybody misses it, the players, the fans, um, and um, it just yeah." Did you hear Matthias Christensen after the the the, the yeah the yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, yeah. The interview. Yeah, yeah, he said the same thing. Yeah, they said that. Yeah, it's just yeah, they, it's just it isn't the same. It's like when when you watch it in the in the television when when you watch a football game, it's like it gets this kind of feeling that you're watching a game that doesn't really have the same nerve because you you don't have the, the audience. Yeah, and 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 of course the players can feel it. Yeah, Jakob yeah, Anderson said to me, yeah, when I, we had a couple of games with the spectators and uh, yeah, I, I I heard them shouting, hey, you're you're the wrong twin. And stuff like that, but <laughs> but he also heard them uh, cheering for him. So yeah, so and 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 of course they miss it. They miss the, the whole thing. Yeah, it only only makes sense, I guess, that play, that players would feed off the energy from the fans. And yeah, I I, I got to think back to the, the oh God, one of the games that we went to where Paddy England scored in the, in very large. Was that against AGF? I think maybe in December, the year before last, it would have been. Where they scored in the last minute, but Paddy England scored, and then ran towards the corner of the fans, and you had that that moment of just, 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 just cheer, yeah. outpouring of emotion. You know, obviously the kid who come from the academy and, and you know played a handful of games, and he got his yeah. goal, and he just wanted to do that that iconic knee slide in front of the uh, yeah the northwest corner, which was which was beautiful to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, we miss uh, we miss the northwest corner, uh, we miss yeah. Paddy on on the on the on the, on the pitch as well. Yeah. Well, what is, do you know what the latest is there, either of you, in terms of his, his recovery from his injury and, and how he how, how fit he's likely to be for the end of the season? The, the, the yeah. last thing I heard was that he was he, that he, he could be uh, close to, to being on the bench. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, they, they told, said something about that he was playing a, 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 a match for the what do you call it the, the reserves? Yeah, the reserves. Last week or something. So, so maybe yeah. he would um, hope he will be there soon because yeah, he's missed. Yeah, fingers crossed, and, and obviously goes without saying. Fingers yeah. crossed, we can all get back in the stadiums as soon as possible as well. Yeah. Um, when it's safe to do so, of course, as well. But we've had another question here from Nick Linus, and he mentioned around Deluge and and Funmang and and Mortensen um, all knocking on the door for the first team. Who's going to get their their regular first team spot first? And who's going to take their career the farthest? So, and as from what you've seen of those three players, who, who who are you most excited about? The one who's in on on top of mind right now is um, Funmang because because of the match yesterday. But but she and Dalut, yeah, I don't know. I've only seen Funmang two times or something. He, uh, I've only seen two matches where he was in, and he haven't got that much time. So Dalut maybe, it's... but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen too little, too little time of, uh, too little time of all of them. So it's it's hard to. Jonas uh, Mortensen made quite a few uh, appearances in the, in the start of the season where he yeah he held the uh, Anjembe on the bench. Yeah. So yeah, that was impressive for a young guy like him. But then again, 
and Yemba is, uh, is back on track. Um, and uh, yeah, even when he's taken out, it's not because Jonas is coming in, it's because he's moving strong uh, back on the right back. So uh, I would agree with Anas uh, that at the moment, uh, Funmang is the, is, the, is the most exciting prospect. But yeah, as, as Anas is saying as well, he's also the, the, the one of the three we have seen the least of on the, on the first team. So yeah, mm-hmm. least and late, latest. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I haven't been convinced by Sean uh, Daluk yet. He has a a, a great physique, physique, but uh, also lacks uh, technique. I think it's also difficult, so, isn't it, for for a player to come on, you know, with 10-15 minutes in the game and, and make an impact on the game, isn't it? Especially as a yeah. young kid. I'm yeah. not saying it's an easy job. Um, no. But when when we look back at the start of the season, I, I'm actually a bit uh, disappointed that we haven't seen more to the talents. That I, I was hoping for, I was hoping that this would be a year where talents would develop themselves in the first team, and um, and I think Beckgaard is the one who's been given the most uh, playing time. Uh, of course, King Ball and goal, but if you don't count him in, it's Beckgaard, and um, he's doing he's doing his job very very well um, mm. on the sixth uh, position. But um, I was hoping as well that um, Paddy Paddy Elon was uh, gonna shine, uh, be be the new Anastraya. Mas Larsen was going to take his spot in the team. The more offensive players, uh, I was hoping for them to shine. And um, it's been a, a bit disappointing. Of course, the injuries have, have uh, had a, a big say in why is it, it is like it is. But yeah. I think there's always this, this, this balance, isn't there, between a manager wanting to, to choose the players that he trusts. And obviously, he's brought in two Icelandic players in Bajarsen and Finbogs. And mm-hmm. obviously, he. he you know, he, he knows them and, and trusts them. And there's getting that balance between that and playing, um, you know, an untested youngster, um, which, which obviously the fans want to see. And I, I wonder, do you think there'd be more pressure on the manager to play the younger players uh, coming through the academy if there were fans in the stadium? No. No? No. No. Uh, no, but um, I, I think there could be more pressure from the new owners because it's... It's so much a part of what they're doing, developing young players, uh, playing with it with a young squad, um, and obviously Finn Bogerson on a h- half a year alone, a half year alone, a thirty-three, isn't he? Thirty-three year, thirty-four, yeah, yeah, thirty-four, yeah. There's not much future in in a guy like that. So, if you want to be a club that develops young players, you that's that's not what you do. What, 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 but why would you sign him then? Yeah, you're, you're signing him because you want to go back to the Superliga right straight away. So that's the that's the main goal, and it has been the goal the whole season. It's it's. Uh, I, I think the season has been about coming back to the Superliga, uh, bringing in players that you think can bring back SBA to the Superliga, and 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 it has sacrificed. The, the talent the development and and the, the play time for the for the young players and and, um, and you're not even sure you're going up so that's yeah so it could be a it could be a, an investment that that kicks back on you I'm, I'm going to put both of you on the spot then and I'll start with you Anders first do you think 
SBO be promoted this season? If you ask me uh, before this spring season, I would say yes, of course. But I'll, I have to admit that the last six matches have shown something else. Uh, the last six matches, we won three, right? And lost two and yeah, one draw. So yeah, how, how many points do we have to the next? Uh, only a point, point, point behind Silkeball, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we are yeah, uh, one point behind Silkeball, but we have uh, 12 points down to number... Four. Yeah, that only doesn't two. really matter, does it? Honestly? No, no, that's that's right. We, we can, they can. I don't think they can get us. So, no. I, I have to be positive, and I'm uh, I'm born as an optimist. So, yeah, I, I'll say, yeah, we will uh, we will be promoted. Loving that positivity, Jan. I have to. I have to. Oh, if you go with your I, gut, your gut. What's your gut feeling? My gut feeling is we're not going up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time yeah. for another beer, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, because I think it will all depend on the games against Silkeborg and the games against Viborg. Have we, we haven't beaten them yet. We, we, not, we definitely lost the two against Silkeborg. Yeah, and we beat the. Okay, we beat Silkeborg in the in the, in the cup tournament, and then we draw one against the Viborg, I think, and lost one against Viborg. Yeah, but both league games against Silverball we lost because it was they, they were, yeah. we played them in round two, didn't we? Lost then, and then we played yeah. them two weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And we just lost against Vibor a couple of yeah. games ago, and and then we yeah, two games ago. Uh, I think we uh, played two two in the first game. So okay, so if we say that the games against those clubs are gonna they're gonna decide whether we go up or stay down. Yeah, the arrow is is pointing down for Espia because. We haven't shown that we could beat the best teams in the division. So, and now we're playing against them four times in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be the decider, isn't it? Those those so, games are going to be definitely the decider. So maybe if SBA win the first of the, the, the those important games and gets the confidence that we can beat them, so I, I will actually say that the first game against the against the, the top. Com- competitors uh, that could be uh, decisive. All on that. Well, we'll wait for the fixtures to come out. I think it. I think it might be Tuesday or early next week. Anyway, the fixtures will be decided for the for the uh, promotion round, as they as they say. So uh, yeah. everyone will be interested to see when those uh, are being played and um, hopefully available on TV. Like, boys, this is something I've got a, a rant which I've got to have with you. Like, since obviously relegation, there's been the streams have been shit. I've been. It's been so difficult to get a stream, and maybe that's because obviously they're, they're not on TV as much or, or whatever. But mm. it's been very difficult to get a stream, and uh, yeah, I mean, from a, from a very selfish point of view, I just hope that um, promotion is 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 secured so I can actually see some more games. Uh, it's course, not so hard for me to yeah. get. Not so hard for me to get a stream. Of course, it will. Get, if we're going to the Super League, we'll get more uh, media, of course. So, but I have to be an optimist, and I will say we'll get uh, promoted. So again. Is this a, is it a bet? Next so time we're allowed to. The loser ha, has to buy a Vibor shirt and wear it. No, 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 no. Uh, I'll never do that. And wear it in the northwest corner. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, of course, not Vibor. FC Midtjylland shirt and oh, wear oh, it oh, in oh, the oh. North, northwest corner. Okay. It's the same as asking somebody to kill himself. Uh, <laughs> The the loser have to have to pay for the for the beers when we're going to the city after the match when we're allowed to. That sounds fair. Okay. Just just, left... just just the beers, not the underburger. Oh Jesus Christ! No no no. <laughs> it's as it's a... only when you are there, Luke. You know. And only as long as uh, 
if I lose only as long as I'm standing. Yeah, of course, of course. The the listeners don't know, but before we started record, uh, recording, Jan started talking about Gamaldelsk. Yeah, you have to try that loop too. Yeah, you, you boys have really made that sound um, inviting. I really want to try it. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, what did you call it, Jan? The 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 worst thing you ever tasted, or something like that. Yeah, I think um, it's a good advertisement. Yeah, but the the word stuck in my head is uh, is the first time Luke tasted Underberg and and the disappointment in his eyes when he looked at me and said, "What the hell is this shit?" Why would you drink this? <laughs> yeah, That's that was your friends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I can remember. The, I can remember the disappointment look in your face. There. Yeah, the, 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 a new friendship uh, uh, destroyed in 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 just one sip. That was it. That was it. That's all it took. That's all it took to destroy yeah. Yeah, the little friendship. Yeah. All, all the hope, all the hope yeah. that there was going to be some sort of friendship. It, it was was gone in a sip of that. <laughs> horrible brown bottle so, although we do need to i will I, I promise you i will nick one later on this evening at some point i just need to wash it down with um something a bit more palatable i think yeah but we we, we need to record that we need to have the the sound do we do we it would be an excellent uh, a piece of sound for a podcast you yeah. drinking oh, a sip of underberg <laughs> and again what the what the listeners don't know is that uh, you send a picture of your lineup for the evening that what you are going to drink and you uh, there was a picture of uh, the underberg i sent you at christmas yeah and then i was going to the supermarket to buy some beers for tonight and i thought that it was uh, yeah you you shouldn't drink underberg all by yourself so i bought some too so i have them here by my side and i hope that i hope you're forgetting yours so i'm not uh, have to drink mine <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see how we look, get on look later, it, will, it will be look it will be an excellent intro to the, to the part So, welcome to the Six Point Podcast. Will Olafur Christian last Christiansen last the next uh, season? How does it sound when Luke Tyrell drinks a sip of Underberg and is Anna Spearing going to throw up all over? I'm never going to that throw and up much that. more on today's episode of the Six Point Podcast. <laughs> One of the the, the, the tweet tweeters mm-hmm. wrote, "My eldest son asked me, why is it we cheer for Espia, Dad? Why is it we cheer for Espia? Why why are we fans of Espia, Dad?" And then uh, he asked us, "Can you can you find an answer for that question?" Then he says, it's, "And it was the last time we played in the first division." He asked me. He would like to fi- to to have an answer for the question because he himself is uh, having harder and harder and harder time answering it. Yeah, and as as also a father, can, can you shed any more light on this? The obvious answer to why we why we're fa- fans of a football club is, of course, because it's the club in the town where we are born. But when I was a child myself, SBI didn't have a team in, in the in the in the best Danish division. Many years, I was a, a ball boy uh, at, at the stadium myself. Played for FB, and um, when when they played in the second division, and that's at the at the moment I think it was were they were they down in the in the third best 
division at the moment. I, I'm not even sure how, how bad it was back then. But it was hard to look at the, the best division in Denmark, looking at the best players and then being a fan of Esbjerg at the same time. We had some players uh, on, on the national team. I remember Jens Jan Bertelsen, of course. And we could look at him at the World Cup in, in 86 and, and say, hey, that's the guy. That's, uh, that's the guy we, we, can, we can be on the football field when we play with our, our, our friends. Uh, when, we are, when, when we are Maradona and Mikel Laudrup, we could also be uh, Jens Jan Bertelsen from Espia. And today, and today the, the children, I don't, I don't know how many children runs around in the schoolyards playing their... Yeah, Patrick Elon uh, uh, or, 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 or Rudolf Austin, uh, not not so many as Martin Brathwaite, apparently. So so Espia is probably in in the same position as as back then. I, I guess maybe what one of the things I watched recently that if you go to the Crystal Palace or CPFC YouTube mm-hmm. channel, there's there's a there's a really good video that was put in there this week um, with one of the club photographers who's called Sebastian Frey, he's a bloke from Poland. And he talks about how he started supporting Crystal Palace. And I think there's a lot of links here because he mentions how, you know, as a fan, or uh, he's a photographer obviously also, but as a fan, the beauty for him is in the struggle. It's not, it's not in the winning. Obviously, everyone wants to see their club win something and lift a cup. The beauty is in the struggle rather than, you know, finishing third or fourth every year and getting... European qualification, the beauty of it and, and the passion of it is in is in the struggle. Do you think maybe that resonates with Espia fans a little bit as well? The fact that the beauty is in is in is in is in the journey, in the struggle, in, in the, the ability to to strive to get to wherever they want to be. I hope so. I hope so because if that's true, it means that people still they're still in it with their hearts. And I hope that it's not that the corona situation and, and the whole situation here hasn't killed people's lust of, of uh, cheering for a club and um, that it's it's not a relationship that ends and, and people walk away and never look back. Uh, and and, and when, a, when a guy like this say, I'm finding it harder and harder to answer the question, why are, why are we fans of Espia? It's also because... Oh, I, I wrote many pieces in, in the newspaper about people, about, about, about why, oh, how should I, how should I say it? About the, the situation SBR is in, of course, but also about the, what, what kind of club is SBR at the moment? Who is it we are supporting? Okay, we don't know the new owners, really. We, but, but even before the new owners came, did we know? what the club stands for. What are the values of the club? The club hasn't been very good at communicating to the fans about those things. So, yeah, I think the club has, has been, I'm not going to say very, very good, but the club has been good at handling their sponsors, handling their VIP section. But I, I think the club many years, in many years, through many years, they, they haven't been good to their fans and they haven't done anything special for their fans. Um, Anas, maybe you're, you're even better answering this question than, than I am because you have been yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, chairman just for Blue question. Nights. Yeah. We have talked a lot about that because 
when I was in the in the in the front of the of the fan club, we we talked a lot about that. It was it was quite difficult to to have the club uh, doing something for us, for the fans, for the fan club. In many other clubs, you see that that members of the fan clubs get something, um, some benefits in the stadium, in the shop, uh, at the season uh, season tickets or something like that. But but it was very difficult to get that here in Espia. Uh, that was that is one thing, but also. People who are not a member of the fan club but are still season ticket holders uh, says says that they can see that the club is doing a lot of things for the fans, for the VIPs, but the the, the normal fan, if you can call it that, um, they they forget them a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's funny we're talking about this now, because for two hours ago I thought I saw that there was a on Facebook there was in the in the group called EFB for or new. That means uh, FB now and then. There was a boy, a man called Lars. He made a, a shout out about exactly this uh, issue. Uh, he he wrote that he saw that for a few days ago they made a kind of a competition where some season card holders could win some I don't know two bottles of wine or something like that. And he he's writing that it's not because I'm angry and I love the club and but. I have seen that the sponsors in this Corona times have got a lot of, you know, they've been sending food and wine home so they can have the VIP experience at their home. But what about the normal fans? So it's it's a discussion that is ongoing. I'm not I'm not coming at the stadium because I want some benefits. I just want to watch some good watch some good football and stuff. But but I I recognize the problem that it looks like they. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay, you said that, Anas, but. I think you want to be a part of, okay, let's say, a community, a fellowship, as you say in Danish. Um, as, so I think you want to be a part of this uh, FB family. Mm-hmm. But if you have a family member that, that that doesn't really talk to you, that that you don't, that you slip away from, that you don't feel that you know anymore. I, I, I exactly, and, and I, I, I exactly know what you mean, and I, I I know the the what they're talking about, yeah, and I'm. I agree because there is a is a kind of a problem, yeah. So, so, so the big question at this moment is: Can the new foreign investors make a better job as at connecting with with the city than yeah. the old investors and then the old then the old board who had the roots in the city could do? And that's quite quite interesting, uh, quite interesting job that they they, yeah. they, they, they have. I think so. I think so. I think it's two different uh, parts because the new investors maybe they can be a part of the old uh, club feeling, you know, the traditions and stuff like that. Because they're from they're coming from outside and coming into the club, and they're they're not a part of the the history and the club and the traditions. They also they have they have said in the press releases that they want to make it a, a better experience being at the stadium they want that the name is pacific media group i think they are very um, passionate about making it a great experience to be in the stadium it's um, the whole uh, i don't know what you say in english in denmark in denmark we say you know um, that's the experience yeah 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 exactly yeah so I think it's been a big thing. Uh, I, I know it's I know it's a thing, a big thing in England. Uh, I visited yeah. the Coventry uh, City's f- football club a couple of years Enrico. ago. 
Yeah, yeah and, and I think uh, it's good of that. So, so if they can take the best from both sides, the best from the, the the total experience of being at the stadium, before the match, after the match, and of course, under the match, but but also have something about the traditions and stuff. I that's have also been a big part of the conversation when when people are talking about do we want some investors from the outside or do we want the club to be run at the they have all always done people want the money and people want the 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 thing the money can bring but they also want the traditions so can they mm-hmm. uh, the best from the the balance yeah the balance but, yeah, but i i understand the criticism that has been who are we as a club at the moment because the story we have heard from from the football club is yeah we are a club we want to be in the superliga we want to get back into the superliga we we want to we want to not we don't want to bleed a shit bunch of money every year. So this is the this is is this the point? Is this what we support? A club that just wants wants to be a club that doesn't want to go bankrupt. That that's that's, that's hard to support. They they have I, to sell us some dreams. Well, you say that, yeah, but do you not think? I mean, I'm just talking from a general point of view here. But do you not think there's going to be a group of people who, after all this Corona crisis is finished? And, and after all these restrictions are lifted and people can actually live their, live their lives in the way they want to, that there's going to be added a pool or an added attraction to going and watching your local club. Do you not, do you not think, I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, obviously, but hopefully there will be a lot more people who will just think, you know what, SBR playing on Sunday night, I might go and buy a ticket just to go and watch my local club because I haven't been able to do that for the last yeah. two years 18 yeah. months or you know what I mean so hopefully I mean I'm, I'm just talking about as a general sort of thing hopefully this will happen to all football clubs that they start to reconnect to their fan base maybe I'm I'm, I'm thinking a little bit too magical and you know but I, I hope there's that sort of feeling so, around so, local communities so I don't want to be the party spoiler or anything but I can just Ooh. say that there, 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 was, there, was a, there was a game there was a game uh, in, in, in the summertime where, where the corona situation was better in, in Denmark and they were allowed to have 3,200 fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And how many turned out? 1,800. Okay, you can say... That? Uh, yeah, you were one of the manners. Okay, I was there as well. These are season ticket holders, weren't they? They, they were subscription hard yeah. card holders. They, were, they weren't... Yeah. Any, that wasn't open to anyone. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, not, not for anyone. The, t- oh. the tickets went to sale, didn't they? I, I think they did, Anas. So, no, but, I, I but... Think, no, no, no. Uh, then it's not the match I was at. The, okay. The Anyways, I... there was a match uh, where, where they, were, okay. they, they, they just had one of those games. But okay, it was also in a time where people still were cautious uh, going yeah. out. And yeah, mm-hmm. so, so you could argue that that's why not so many turned up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as I say, ho- hopefully, I mean, given given the maybe the the positive nature of my of my thinking here is that the people will start to connect with the local club and the local community and start to support the local club a little bit more after all this is finished because they mm-hmm. simply can and they can they can go out and enjoy a, a family day out or you know I mean I I think back to the first time and boys I mean you you'll resonate this because this was the first time I'd ever experienced Danish football. Was the uh, the the two uh, one win over over Bromby or two 0 win over Bromby? No, two one, two one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Over Bromby in, in February two thousand and nineteen, yeah, uh, 19. 19, yeah. 
And it, I, I was amazed to, to sit in a stand where people were bringing their own blankets and uh, <laughs> and things like that. I was just like, what's going on here? Like, and then obviously I got about half an hour into a game. I was like, that's, that's why they bring their own blankets. There's a good reason. It's cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But that that was nice though. I, I loved I loved the fact that people turned up in the stand with big bags and you know turned up and, and gave it. There was there was four there was four seats in a row and there was a mum and a dad and, and and the two kids and they gave them their their blankets and they sat there and they watched the game and that that's what the fan that's that's what the fan base should be about. Is it's about bringing through those young supporters and as a family going to the club as well and going to the games and yeah. This this fingers crossed that once all this is over. More families think that Tuesday night, Sunday night, whatever, let's just go and go down the road and, and pay, you know, a, a small amount to watch SBA play. I, I can only hope. Yeah, we all do. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. that's that's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. Why, to that why, why are we supporting SBA? Because we can. Because, because we can. <laughs> because we can well, and because we have already always done. I also read an article about you and your brother when you was in Denmark for the first time and you was watching Espia and you was watching FC Midtjylland, what, what did the outcome that, that you decided to follow Espia and not Midtjylland? I, th- I think the feeling, look, that, that whole sort of basis was, was a complete fluke. I, I was able to go to an Espia Bromby game and then a Midtjylland Outboard game simply because of the dates. And that's the dates mm-hmm. that I was flying over. So it, it was just, it was simply, I don't know, fate or whatever you call it. But for me, When I went to Espia, there it was just from speaking to people on the gate, from speaking to people after the game, and we went to take pictures of the sta- of, of the stadium. Even before the game, like we turned up, like obviously, like early in the morning, we turned up like nine o'clock in the morning. We were there outside we, the we, stadium. We saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we turned up because we, we, we were at Van Hostel next door, so um, we were right next door to it. So we 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 went there and we said to the people on the door, like, look. Would you mind just letting us in to take some pictures? And they were very accommodating. They, they let us in the stadium. We could take some pictures before the ground at ten o'clock in the morning. And it was just past that as well. Like speaking to people as well in the stadium. I, I was at, I was in Herning and I looked around and there was, you know, everyone wearing like hats and scarves and all the hats and scarves had like Man United and Liverpool like uh, badges on them. And I just sort of felt you're only here because you know there's 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 a there's a football game on. Whereas when I was in Espia, it felt like I was sitting around people. They were there to to watch their local club. And for me, being a, obviously being a local uh, a fan to my my local club at Crystal Palace, only a mile down the road, that that resonated with me. And it was just like it felt a little bit more, um, I don't know, tangible, more real. It, it felt like there were there were real people here supporting their their local club rather than hurting. It was just people just going just to watch a game. And, that, and that's that's what the feeling I got. And obviously, when when the beers uh, were flowing and the hot dogs were flowing <laughs> and uh, things like that, it helped enormously. And obviously, then Jan uh, uh, reached out to me because um, he, he he'd seen the podcast and seen what we put on Twitter, and um, it was nice. You know, it, it was just the whole connection with everything that we had there was just. Fo- I always say this, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but football clubs are about a feeling. Um, and for me, I got that feeling in SBO that I didn't get a Midland. So, uh, yeah, that was it for me. There was something that drew, drew drew me back in. So that was also a bit of luck because if the dates if the dates yeah. for the matches on um, in Copenhagen was better for you, maybe you was going there, and then we have never seen you in Espanol. 
Possibly. I mean, look, I, I've been to Copenhagen before, so I was keen to avoid Copenhagen and, and, and games around that. Um, so I wanted to experience a bit of what I call real Denmark, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be dismissive of people living in Copenhagen because obviously they live in Denmark as well. But for me, it's a bit like when I go and, and visit my 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 family who live in America and they live in Michigan in in Detroit and they're not they don't live in a a very populated area. They live in what I call rural America. So the holidays that I enjoyed as much much as a kid. Well, when I was going to sort of fields and, you know, rural American Midwest sort of countryside. So for me, I, I've always been drawn to going to not not the capital city and going, you know, to, to, to other. I mean, Espia's a big city, obviously. Is, is it the third, third biggest city in, in Denmark, yeah, isn't it? The fifth. 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 Fifth, sorry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's about going to those places where the real people are. And I think that's where you experience more of it rather than, than the sort of the... The tourist bravado that other big cities like to put on, I guess. We are happy that you choose Espia. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it chose. I, I chose it. I think it chose me. If honest, it's, it's one of them things, isn't it? It's, it's, it might, might sound a bit poetic to say that, but it, it's one of them ones where if if you get that feeling, it's it's. it's, it's I, I, yeah. I didn't choose you. I, I just uh, I just met you uh, <laughs> half a year later when you were standing drunk outside my stadium. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah that's I, true. I will and always will be a very welcome visitor uh, at the Blue Water Arena. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always very cautious to, you know, I know we do the podcast and things like that, but I'm always very cautious to say that I'm an I'm admirer of SBA and I'd like to consider myself a fan, but there are guys like yourself who have been following the club for many, many, many years. And uh, I'm, I'm just... Uh, uh, I'm just a very... Uh, a youngster when it compares to the rest of you. So... Um, Yeah, very, very respectful of the fact that you you guys have been for the whole journey. Yeah, but I, I've I have seen I, I think I saw my first match on Espia Stadium when I was six years old, but but you have still seen more matches on Espia Stadium than a lot of my friends have. So you reckon you you have seen you have seen more matches at Espia Stadium than a lot of my friends have. So so <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, you know, I've got I'm yet to I'm yet to see a defeat. I think no, no, I've seen one defeat. Seven games, three yeah. wins, three draws, one loss. So that's eleven points. Eleven, eleven points out of seven ain't bad, is it? And also, one of them was a Europa League game. Uh, yeah, so I guess we don't really count that points. Oh yeah, that's what. No, that's no, the one we're not. We talking don't talk about. about that one. Yeah, yeah. So two one against Bromby. Two went to two one against Viola. That was the first time I met you, Jan. Near near Norseland. Near near Shatter Solagorsk. One one Horsens. That was the. Uh, that where I met you. That's J Day. J Day. Lost two one against AGF and beat Copenhagen one nil. Uh, yeah, yeah one That's a, a decent record. Yeah. That's a decent record. The the Copenhagen yeah. game was the 14th of February. Uh, yeah. and and a Valentine's couple of uh, a couple of nice games there, Luke. Yeah, there was a nice game. I mean, obviously, yeah, the Bromby game is brilliant. The Viola game. That was, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, that was the first time I've ever, I've ever been in any VRP area in any stadium ever. And obviously, Jan invited me in very yeah. kindly, and uh, I, I fully took advantage of the beer that night. And uh, <laughs> I think I, I, I hugged Jan like he'd never been hugged before, even though we just met that day. So, 
<laughs> when that goal went in, I, I lost my shit. I think uh, a bit, a bit like I did at the uh, the Copenhagen game, which was captured on uh, on camera by my brother very, yeah, very the, well. I think the Copenhagen game. Well, you was interviewed by the local TV station, and yeah, we was it was great. Hello and welcome back to part three of this very special edition of the Six Pointer Podcast, the 100th edition, I should say, uh, of the Six Pointer Podcast. For part three, myself and Luke are joined by Kevin. Uh, we're going to talk about more recent times and look ahead also uh, with a focus on Palace. I um, hope you enjoyed the pod so far, uh, especially hearing from our uh, friends over in Denmark about all things SBA. Um, I should add, beer infused uh, conversations um, Kev to, to start off how, how are you feeling how, how's things I'm alright mate it's, uh, it's been a busy week my friend uh, I'm glad it's Friday night obviously your brother's looks very very drunk and sounds very drunk I'm hoping you're a bit more sober when we get on to this because uh, obviously me giving up my Friday night I want it to be good value for you boys so uh, if, if Luke can stay sober we'll be, be alright he's now waving at me Matt I don't know what he's waving at me for in, in fairness right, I'm going for continuity here so I'm going back <laughs> into the Danish one straight into part three so I'm trying to keep it up I look, forward to, I look forward to the end of this then the state he's in by the end of it very good so Kev we, we, we've, um, we've asked you to join us uh, obviously, as a member of the pod, but to talk about more recent recent times, and obviously, you joined the pod what formally about sort of uh, about twelve months ago now, didn't you? I actually joined it on I, the day after Palace played uh, Brighton in December nineteen. So the yep. day after they had uh, run us off the park for seventy minutes, and then Wilf obviously scored a wonder goal, and then we ran them ragged for the last fifteen. Uh, it was the following day at London Bridge, the bunch of grapes pub. Uh, right the famous old bunch of grapes near London Bridge yeah. uh, where Lukey said uh, put a mic under me and said I need you to do me a favour I need you to talk about Palace and and obviously about four days later we left the pub uh, so yeah so that's when I first got involved Matt uh, December t- uh, 2019 my friend uh, the, the first pod is always an interesting experience can you can you remember what it was like to record that? Yeah, I loved it, Matt. I mean, obviously, I didn't really know where Luke was going with it originally. He said it's something he'd wanted me to do previously. And obviously, as I'd seen the Palace game the night before on Sky on that Monday night, it was just it was lovely because obviously we talked about the Palace-Brighton game. And obviously, as you'd expect, it was very respectful because Brighton played very well that night, especially for the first 70 minutes. Uh, and then we, Luke very kindly sort of asked me to talk about my... First memories of Palace. Obviously, I was there in 79 when we had the 51,482 or 51,802, depending on which Panini sticker book you look at. I was there uh, and obviously I was able to reminisce about my earliest memories of going to Palace in 1976 as a seven-year-old. Coming up to Pond East on the train with my mum and, and enjoying all the pleasures which make South London, South London. Very good. So you, you say uh, he asked you. Uh, he says that you paid him. I'm not quite sure what story to believe, but <laughs> you joined the pod nevertheless, Kev, and haven't looked back. So having done, you've probably done what, 30 pods maybe now? 
I, th- I think it might even be a bit more than that, Matt, because obviously you guys pretty much the minute we almost were go well, me and Luke did a few before going into lockdown, and last year again in one of the pubs in London, uh, just before we did it on transfer deadline night when there was talk of the chap who went to West Ham, um, Boeing, because he was possibly coming to us, wasn't he? But he then went to West Ham, so we did one then, and then obviously as we started to get into lockdown. That's when you guys very kindly gave me the opportunity to come and join you. And I've not missed one since. Uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure being part of it. Um, been so therapeutic. I think, I think Luke used the word cathartic, but I don't know where he came up with that word. I think he must have read about it somewhere and thought I'm going to use that in a pod. Um, Cause I asked him to spell it and he had not a clue. Um, so, um, and, it, and it has been very cathartic. Let's be honest. That's what this has all been about. And hopefully We've picked up some nice fans on the way. We've had some great people to talk to. And I, I can't deny, Matt, I've thoroughly enjoyed being part of it with you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I think we touched on it in the first part of this podcast, Luke, didn't we, about how the pods evolved. And one of the things is how we do it. And we're all sitting here in our respective homes having a chat. But, you know, when we think back to those first pods we did and Kev even when you joined um, in that in that December of 19 it was still kind of done on those little furry microphones those <laughs> furry little microphones you were kind of talking into it and I remember I, remember, I always remember Luke was constantly pulling it away from my, from my face because I was always talking till down into it he told me um, yeah. and he'd do a little sound check before as well to make sure yeah and now we just go on zoom we hit record and, and, and away we go right and the accessibility of this is one of the, it's one of the great things about it isn't it Kev yeah, absolutely, Matt. I mean, you're right. I mean, that that I smiled because it it was great. As you say, Luke had his little mic, which I think he'd got on Amazon or whatever. Uh, and obviously he said, oh, look, the sound's better on this. And then you had to make sure you were talking into the mic for those only first few. But but it, it's been so good. And I think, to be honest with you, I think it's so professional. And we joke a lot. I mean, you you host this brilliantly, but Luke edits it and does a, an amazing job by getting it out there quickly Every now and then he will bounce off all, me and you only as to what graphic he's going to use, but he puts it out there. And, and I think how quickly we get it out there, I say we, obviously the royal we, you guys get it out there, is brilliant. And it's been, you know, I've had lots of people comment, you know, I send it to a lot of my friends and family on WhatsApp and, you know, and Palace fans who I know. And we get so much good commentary from people. And it's just been, it's been a pleasure really, Matt, because actually the football you know, in this current climate, you know, we've seen a lot more. I've still got the BT Sport deal, you'll be pleased to know. They still haven't paid any sponsorship. I have to mention the BT Sport deal, boys, don't we? And my mum. All right, Sylv. Um, you know, <laughs> like the, reali- the reality of it is, you know, um, it, it's it's a very professional setup. The way it's done, we've evolved it. I mean, your, your commentary, I think, and your setting the tone at the outset is great and it's it's just been in a, ble- a pleasure to do and uh, I feel very grateful that you've asked me to be part of the 100th one. Kev, I'm going to ask you your favourite pod. Oh, oh. I, I tell you what, I, oh, that's a real good question, Matt. Uh, do you know one of the strangest ones, the funniest ones, most probably for the funny, strange reasons, was actually one you couldn't do, Matt, and that's not what made it funny. But obviously, December the 19th, um, which would have been my dad's birthday, bless him, God rest his soul. We got beat 7-0 by Liverpool, as you know. And it was a game where we didn't play bad. And uh, 
I know you couldn't do it because I think you were Christmas shopping or something. Uh, but me and Luke went straight on after the game and said, right, let's 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 knock this out in 15 minutes. I, when he said let's knock it out in 15 minutes, I was worried what he was talking about. But I think he meant the pod. Uh, you up for it anyway, go and go. <laughs> I was up for it, mate. But the reality of it was we did, a, I think, a very good pod in quite a short space of time. And, you know, Palace had been hammered by seven, but actually we hadn't played that bad. So I... I think that's that's one that sticks in the mind. I think one of the ones, other big ones that sticks in the mind for our bad Palace were, and we've had a few bad ones, was during lockdown, you might remember Leicester away. And that's when you boys both lost the plot. I think it's when Mamanu Sacco lost the ball at the back and we we had a nightmare. That was a day when I, it was a pretty low moment uh, in lockdown, wasn't it, after that Leicester game. That was quite a poor one. What about you boys? What's been your best yeah, one? Hang on a minute. Kev, I asked you for the best one, not the worst two we've done. Bloody <laughs> hell. You've given me a Mamadou Sacco. What did you do? Maradona Moonwalk or whatever the bloody league did. And you gave me a 7 nil. Luke, Luke right. save us, please. I'll come up with the best one in a minute. It was, actually, it was actually going back to a previous point. You were talking about the, like, the technology we've used, obviously, is upgraded, right? But do you not think, like, I don't know, Kev, there's something a bit romantic, not romantic about doing a podcast, but, you know, there's that <laughs> bit of... Well, it's a bit of romance about doing a podcast, you know, with me and you sitting sit, sit in a pub having a pint of beer and, you know, having a good time. You... <laughs> no, but there is. There's a bit, a bit of romance in, 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 the, in the atmosphere, you know, in the noise. You know, like, I, I know I've spoken to David Hilberty and he's said to me, you know, that sometimes he's listened to the pod and it's been in the pub that we've recorded and it's almost like, it's not a romantic, the atmosphere of the pub, not the romance. Yeah. The atmosphere of the pub. Yeah. Although yeah. the atmosphere the of the pub is The ambiance, Luke. The exactly. ambiance. <laughs> Yeah, he, so he, he said he sat there, you know, listened to it, and had a few beers, I think, because he felt he's part 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 of it. Then, bruv, yeah. you know, like when I listen back to the one we've done across Denmark, obviously, like getting absolutely battered and traveling across Denmark, and yeah, just recording just like, random places, stuff which is pretty much unlistenable when you hear it back for about yeah. five minutes. You have to like skip that for the pod, but it's it's pretty good. But the bottom line is, boys, we've not been allowed in a pub for a year, so let's let's well, be okay. No, that's no, that's what I mean. But do you not think though? <laughs> Yeah, do you I not do, think Luke. we need to I we do. need to incorporate a bit like that that with this as well? Because obviously this is very clear and clean and professional, but I feel like you need to add a bit of that ambiance, like you say, into the pod because it just it just makes it a bit unique, then, doesn't it? I think what he wants, Matt, is fake crowd noise. So what we'll do, we'll get onto Sky, we'll press our red button, and we'll get the fake crowd in behind. Matt, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to come back to you before Luke loses the plot and comes down here and fights me. 5-1 win against West Brom is one which stands out as a real good one for me uh, because we played very, very well that day. Thank you. Thank you, Kev. Uh, I mean, I I look back on, like Luke said, the Danish ones have been good fun because we were doing it around the places. We did it in a hostel. It's a brilliant yep. room. I remember that. We did, we've done it at the stadiums, both at Palace and SBA. We pub. did it on the pub. We did it in trains in the, yep. in the, in the, um, the lounge thing we were in that time. So some of those were fun just because we did it in random places. And we also, some of the fun ones we've done have been in the car as well, just after games and need that immediate reaction. And that's what's also been nice with having you with us as well recently is we've been able to do it, you know, some, sometimes we're very immediate another time sort of a few hours after the game which is also nice and cathartic is a word that we yeah, have used yeah. a number of times to describe you know just releasing that emotion energy and and i suppose also replacing that the, the pub you know the scenery the environment of the pub has become the podcast hasn't it and, and it's nice Absolutely. to hear as luke has said and others have said that, that this podcast becomes their version of the pub you know have a sit down have a drink and listen to the podcast which is really nice i i, I also 
it's, I'm not being specific here, but I also have enjoyed some of the balanced conversations we've had, particularly in some of the ups and downs where we've always tried to make it, you know, contextual, remembering where we've come from, but where we are today as well. And that's often, often difficult to do on the back of a bad result and sometimes also difficult to level on the back of a really good result. But I think we've always tried to do that. And um, I know listeners have fed back that they, they appreciate that as well. I think there is something in that that balanced um, review, if you like, of the situation, because it, it, it does often, particularly when everyone's at home with the COVID situation, social media outlets that we've reflected on before, it does also hopefully provide a bit of um, calm and composure around some of the, the ups and downs, which is sometimes yeah. difficult to get yourself in the aftermath. And like I say, we haven't got the pub to go to with your mates and to unleash and to sort of, you know, bent sometimes, which, um, or to celebrate, which is, which is always, always challenging to do when you haven't got those, those avenues. Yeah. I, th- I think Matt, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was the point I was just about to make and I know Luke's made it and you've obviously flagged it as well. That, that, that social media vent as you like the, the pod has become that, but, but because we've been balanced in the way we've done it. And I think because of the balance and the way we've tried to be very considerate to anyone who's kindly joined the pod and talking about other teams, because ultimately we're football fans, we're Palace fans, but we're football fans and we're, I hope, pretty level-headed, decent chaps. Um, So I think that's been really, really important. I think what it's also done, because we've done that, um, I think it's given longevity to the pod and people wanting to listen to it because it is balanced, because... You know, I can't imagine, remember the term Luke uses, but we're not clickbait or whatever that is. I don't know. what is that like live bait sort of thing, Luke? I'm, I'm joking with you there, mate. I'm just playing with you. Uh, but I'm going to go back to Luke now because I can see he's waving at me frantically. It was just a question on what Matthew raised there. Um, Matthew, maybe I'll ask you, actually. So from games that we went together, right? Obviously, we used to go to a game every, every two weeks on a Saturday, pretty much. You know, that's what the season ticket pretty much guaranteed us, wasn't it? Did you ever think of it then as like a place to go and vent? Because I, I never really considered it that way. It was just we were going to Palace. But I think when it got taken away, it, you then realise I'm not going somewhere and just... Sometimes you lose your shit at Palace, like, properly. And it was like, you wouldn't... You wouldn't do that otherwise, would you? So you're right. So, the, no, so you're right. Because so, the thing we do is we I get to your flat, you come down, we'd walk down the road and we'd immediately check the, check the team news because it was the hour before kickoff, right? So we get the team news. So there's that part of the process. We talk about it on the way to the ground and what else has been going on in the ground. You know, you might talk to other people in and around you. Uh, half time, you talk about the first half's gone. Uh, uh, during the game, obviously, there's the emotion. Sometimes if you score a goal, you know, you go crazy and, you know, you embrace or whatever it is. You probably get a few digs at a certain, a certain point in the in the game, no doubt, knowing you. And, and then on the end at the end of the game, like you said, the walk back to, to your place to, to get to your home and my car, we'll be talking about the game. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, it's 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 it, there is a gap there. There's definitely a gap. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I like watching Palace on the telly. It's nice to do because for so many years growing up, we didn't have it. I remember the excitement mm. of Palace being on the telly. It was immense. You know, so having it every yeah. week now, it's a real a real luxury. But I'd swap it tomorrow to go to a game. Yeah. And I think the thing about you boys, which you mostly don't really appreciate until it's taken away from you, is obviously your brothers. And ultimately, that is quality brotherly bonding time you guys got, which, you know, you've been able to keep up through the pod, but it's not the same as being there, you know, with your flesh and blood, which is what you guys are, you know. And and so I can imagine, you know, that's quite a big thing, which is also taken away from you, you know. I'm like a lot of guys, I'm 
haven't seen a lot of my mates, so that's why I'm happy to hang with you guys. Um, but but so this has been like a, a wonderful replacement because I've not seen a lot of my friends for a long time for obvious reasons because we are where we are. So I think that that bonding time you have together when you go to Palace is. You know, these are great memories, things that can't be taken away. And I'd like to think in a few years' time, we'll look back wherever you take the pod, wherever the pod goes in the future, and think, you know what, we can be very proud of what we what we put together during lockdown to also reach out and hopefully connect to other Palace fans, um, whether that be thousands, hundreds, or five or ten people. If we've made a difference and made someone smile or given someone to talk about something then we've done our job, right? And and it's never been a job. This has been, it's been an absolute pleasure doing it. Absolute pleasure. 23 people kept have reached. 23. <laughs> <laughs> 23? I've, I've sent it to 23 people. Who have you sent it to? You're unbelievable. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, the, the reach has been quite impressive. You know, I, I do often, well, often, sometimes I look at the analytics and you'll realise that you've got someone listening in in some random island somewhere. You usually think, what the fuck? How have you found this? And also just like, yeah, I just think it's impressive that, that there's someone in a, a random island halfway across the world who's, who's, who's listening to three folks that talk about Palace. It's brilliant. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. I think so. So looking forward then to sort of the rest of the season, Kev, what are Palace aiming for then? Do you know what? I still think we've got to push, try and see if we can get that 10th place. I know, uh, I know results have gone against us in the last week or so, just before the international break, but I think we've got to aspirationally try and push there. I'd like, I'd like us to get the best finish we can for Roy, whatever that looks like and whatever the future holds. Uh, I'd just like us to get there if we could. Uh, 10th or 11th or any, anything, 10th to, 10th to 12th, I don't think is a bad return this season. What about you? Opposite of that, not to be a pessimist, because you know I'm not a pessimist, but I think Palace are going to have a tough time, you know, because we've got to play some tough games between now. I think we play everyone with everyone who's like ninth and above, like I think pretty much. I don't think we play anyone else. So we've had a favourable run, run of games, but, you know, they've all been difficult. But I think Palace, you know, thank God we've got the points that we've got now because I was listening to another podcast that had Dom Feifel of The Athletic, who used to be on uh, The Guardian. And he was saying, like, about... Uh, I'm using this as an example, uh, that Jean-Philippe Mateta was told, his agent was told, or, or someone who represents him was told that this season he's going to have limited playing time in the next season. You know, he might be able to come here, come on, show flashes of brilliance like that. We see that back heel and double nutmeg at, at Brighton. You know, that's a that's a flash of brilliance, all right? If he, if he can show a few of them next season, it's going to be his chance to kick on and, and really show what he's got. And you just think, if that's the sort of the attitude for that sort of thing, it's probably reflected in other things as well. So, I don't know if it'll be a drub into the season, but I, I, I you know, towards the end of the season when, when Palace are safe, you normally see, well, sometimes you've seen Roy uh, let the handbrake off a little bit. And, you know, we will think, you can think back to that Bournemouth game, um, the 5-3 five, five game, you know, where Palace has played this ridiculous free-flying football, you know. Palace 5-0 against Leicester. That was towards the end of the season where we were in a, in a, in a, a good run of form. And, I think we're just the opposition isn't going to let us do that, if I'm honest. Um, so, you know, obviously going to enjoy watching Palace on, on the TV, but um, yeah, we're safe now and we can look below us and watch Newcastle and Brighton uh, squirming. There are some, you're right, we do play most of the teams up there um, in and around it. 
But actually, there are some games, you know, you look to get results from. There's a, there's a Sheffield United, there's an Aston Villa in there, um, uh, and an Arsenal as well, which, you know, historically you'd written off. But now you think, you know, it's a game you want to get something out of. So I, I do I do agree with you, Luke. I think I, I temper any sort of ambitions to, you know, be top half of the table and, and the like, given, given that we have got a difficult run. But, you know, you'd hope we finish the season... Um, without getting battered a few times and that there are respectable results and maybe we nick a few here and there as well which will be nice but yeah it is good to be in a position where we are we know we're confident um, that we're safe at this point in time um, how, how about next season Kev though I mean what, what are we thinking how, how are we going to start the season what's Palace going to look like in terms of I'm going to right, point it now manager, manager and any big changes in the playing squad oh my goodness um, well I've I wouldn't say deliberately, but I've not looked at anything that may be going on or not going on over the last 10 days because obviously the international stuff going on. So I know we've done it to death previously. Um, I still have got no idea in my own mind whether Roy is staying or going based on the the silence that's coming out of the club. Um, so I... I, I honestly don't know, Matt. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll have a little wager with you because I was going to ask you boys where you think we'll finish up position-wise and you both sat on the fence again and not give me a position. I'm going to say we're going to finish 11th. Uh, Matt, tell me where you think we're going to finish first and then Luke, I'm being a bit more of an optimist and then we can talk a bit more about next season. So I'm going to say 11th. What are you going to say, Luke, this season? Palace of 13th. And very, uh, very good points to with that. Matt, you've got to look at who's below us, right? I'm going to shout 14th because if who's below us, the Brightons, the Newcastle and others who've got difficult ones as well, um, I'm going to go 14th. And what are, what are we saying about points, roughly? What are we on now and what do we think we're going to end up with? Because as you say, Luke, if we Go can on. end up, if we end up 12th and get more than 50 points or something, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Where, where do you think we might end up? 37, not getting anywhere near 50 points, mate. Okay, what do you reckon we're getting? What do you reckon we're going to end up with then, boys? Forty-five, I'm going to go with. Uh, but how many more points do you reckon we're getting? Forty-five. I'm shouting six more points. Context. I'm going to give you the run of games, right? No, Everton, eight more points. Eight more points. Eight more points. Everton, Chelsea, Leicester, Man City, Sheffield United, Villa, Arsenal, Liverpool. So I'm, I'm going. I'm going two wins and two draws out of that. Oh. So Kev, you can see how it's a difficult run, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Matt, in fairness, I said it without. I appreciate we had nine games. I hadn't looked. I've deliberately switched off for about ten days um, since our last game, um, so I hadn't really looked at how tough our running was. But I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to be the optimist. I'm going to say we'll pick up nine points out of those. Yeah, I'm going to say nine points out of nine games. So well, I was going to go for ten there. Yeah. I was going to go for 10 because looking at that, all right, I, I fancy us. Obviously, you're looking at it and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, because you've got so many big teams in there, you've got Sheffield United and Villa, games that you're, you're, you're sort of earmarking that you need to pick up points. But I, I, I fancy Palace to do something like against the Chelsea or a, a Leicester, just sort of throw, throw, a, throw a spanner in the works there. And, um, you know, last game of the season against Liverpool, we like um, ruining Liverpool's dreams uh, at the end of the season, don't we? So, uh, I know a Chris Dan ball, but this time we get a fourth. Glenn Murray does finish that one and we go absolutely <laughs> mental. 
That, that's good. So let, let's see what the points are, how the points end up. I don't know if you've noticed, boys, but do you remember when you all laughed me out of town with Patrick Bamford possibly being golden boot? He's only three behind the top man at the moment. So don't write me off just yet, boys. You know, when you laugh me out of town. Get John Collison on here. See, see here he's views on Patrick Bamford. There <laughs> John Collison loves Patrick Bamford. Bless him. <laughs> so, Kev, looking ahead to next year, if we are without Roy, I am seriously worried. I'm if we are with worried. Roy or without Roy? No, no, without Roy. Without Roy, I think we're seriously worried. I think the extent of upheaval that we've got in the playing squad uh, in front of us with the contract situation that we talked about. Uh, and obviously, you can't forget, you know, the current situation, the economic climate, it's not in the place where Palace are going to be out, go out to go out to splash millions should a lot of players leave. So I think without Roy, we will be in a very difficult position. With Roy, I'd be confident we'd, we'd get by. But without him... I'm, I'm not predicting um, positive okay. forecasts. So you don't you think thinking? there'll be a change? Yeah. No, I, I can see Palace giving Roy another year. Right. And I yeah. think that'd be a very, very sensible move. Very sensible move, given um, everything going on. Do you know, Matt, before we go to Luke, do we know aspirationally whether Roy would like another year? Has, has there been any talk that he would like another year? Or is that still under wraps at the moment? I've not spoken to him recently, Luke. You're nodding, though. <laughs> Have you spoken to him? I haven't spoken to him. There was a press conference a while back. It must have been at least six months ago. And he was asked about this, you know, about if he'd like to continue his career. And he said, yeah, he would. You know, it's not, it's, he doesn't consider, he, well, at the start of the season anyway, he didn't consider this season to be his last in football management. Whether that's changed, as obviously the year's gone on, who knows? You know, we're having no fans in, in the ground and football. You wouldn't, so you wouldn't blame him for losing his love for the game because I think part of me has, if I'm honest, but you haven't got that feeling, as it were, still. I don't know, mate, if things would have changed, but earlier in the season, he said he might have. I can't see Palace and Roy Hodgson being a thing next season. From from the way that Roy's uh, tone has shifted when speaking about those sort of things in press conferences, from his, not apathy to the contract situation, it's almost like there's a disconnect there, obviously. There's a director of football who deals with the contracts and, and other bits of the club, and there's Roy Hodgson who deals with the playing bit. So, I think you said that, Matthew, before around, you know, that that's his domain, so that's what he does. And it feels like that connection has almost become a bit more during this period. So I can just see a natural part of the ways in the summer. Kev, do you know what I do hope is, I, I, is the emotional part of me um, with football, is that I hope he gets another year. Because one thing that I always watch at home game is when Roy comes out the tunnel... He comes out and he claps the main stand and then he turns and he looks back to the homestyle. And I always, when he said, when he does that, I get a bit emotional because I always think of the story he always tells about him and his dad mm. standing in the homestyle. And I always think there's part of it that's thinking, looking back, thinking, I stand there with my dad as a boy and this is my mm. club. And he talks about it, you know, he does talk about Palace being his club, where yeah. the club supported them, blah, blah. So there's something in me that hopes he gets to do that again with fans yeah. in that stand. Uh, do you know what, Matt? I think, I mean, if you look at how many pods ago we went back and we, I think we were in a situation where we said, didn't we, there's no way on this earth we think that Roy would get another year. I'm absolutely with you. I think for the reasons you've said, he might get another year. Um, I know, obviously, um, it's quiet at the moment, international break. I think someone, Sam Smith, said something on Twitter today, five things Palace have got to sort out as soon as the international break's over. Didn't get a chance to go into it in too much detail and look at it myself. But but I, I, I think you're right. I think with everything that is, maybe maybe another year is sensible. Um, but, you know, let's, let's see. Luke, over to you, mate. 
so so with that, I mean, if if he weren't to get another year, right, I still I still think there'd be a moment. A Palace would create a moment because. I think back to when Palace went on a pre-season tour to um, uh, Sweden, Denmark, um, and he went. Roy one night that Malmo were playing, he went to the stadium, uh, and they, they got Roy's, Roy's corner in Malmo now. You know, actual corner of the stadium is called Roy's corner. Uh, but after him, so he went there, and you know, I'll show you. On, I'll send you the video on YouTube. If you haven't seen it. It's brilliant. Like he's just walking around the pitch, which traditional Swedish tradition. They give him loads of flowers to carry around and that sort of stuff. And, he gets to go to the corner. I'd like to think, obviously, not in the sense that Julian Speroni had that moment where, you know, he was with the fans and it was that testimonial, but I'd like to think people in, I think, in, the, in a few years' time will realise the job that Roy Hodgson has done for Crystal Palace over this period of time and there will become that appreciation and, and hopefully, you know, he'll be around um, to be able to come back and Palace will create a moment where, not just at half-time where, you know, Andy Fawn or someone gets wheeled onto the pitch or something like that, but, People can't hear it in Homesdale. Like, bruv, we can't even hear the speakers, that sort of stuff. I hope there's an actual moment where Palace fans can show their appreciation for, for the job that he's done. That I'm sure they appreciate, um, unfortunately, uh, ironically, um, probably a little bit too late, not to be too uh, sombre about it, yeah. So to wrap up then, Kev, go on, what's your prediction? What, manager-wise, or um, I, I, I think the same as you, Matt, I, I think they'll give Roy another year. You do think that happened? Okay. Yeah, I do. Well, fingers, I fingers do. crossed. Fingers crossed. Because uh, stability in the in, in this in this current climate is, is yeah. what I think is a good thing to, to have. And I think the one thing, I'm sorry, Matt, I'll just add if I may. And I think you're right. We have, as Luke said, we've got some tough games. We know that. I think that we will trip up one of the, the big teams. Something will happen because I do think we raise our game generally when we play the bigger teams. So they're all pushing for something. We're not. And actually sometimes when the shackles are off and we're not pushing for things, we do have the ability to upset the apple cart on some of them. I think if, if Roy has additional momentum going in towards the end of the season, I think that also helps build that feel good factor, particularly if fans are in the what second to last game of the season, Arsenal, you know, if, if that happens, you, you can feel if there's a feel-good factor around how the club has finished, I think, you know, they might say, why, why wouldn't we go it? And as you say, almost see off that, you, you get through that turbulent time of hopefully the fans then getting back, getting back to almost not an artificial football, but real football again with fans in, and then we get the real feel of where we're at as a club. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, Kev. Look, guys, it's been great to catch up on a Friday night. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed the 100th edition of the Six Pointer podcast. You've had it all. You've had looking back on the pod, you've had Danish experience, and you've had looking forward. Uh, as always, please do keep getting in touch with us at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter is the handle. Chaps, thank you for joining me for a very emotional 100th edition. Congratulations to the pod. Massive well done to Luke uh, for starting this and getting us all the way to 100 pods as well. Um, I know the listeners appreciate it as much as we do for joining you every week. Uh, we'll be back with you for the Everton game, which is next Monday. Uh, look forward to talking with you again then. Until then, keep it six-pointer and up the palace. Up the palace. Up the palace. Up to palace. The Six-Pointer Podcast. Uh, 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 uh,